on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. For the first time in Keep It Herstory, all-star rules are suspended. Don't look at Kara when you make the Drag Race joke. I listen. It's a it's a television show that's on TV. I watch Drag Race. Okay. <laughs> it's a popular television program that has permeated pop culture. Hello. Hello. Hi, we're back, uh, and we are shooting in our old studio. But it feels it feels right. It feels like home. We have a new backdrop, official Keep It backdrop, with all our favorite icons on it. I mean, ranging from. Whitney Houston to Karen Carpenter to Meryl Streep to Serena. And I think the most notable thing about it is there are only three men on it, and they are Prince, Rami Malek, and Adam Rippon, which is all you need to know. And to be honest, not com- not sure how Rami made it on there, but... <laughs> That's me. Um, That's all me. Can we... The photo that they used for Angela Oscar Bassett... nominee. <laughs> her arms in oh, that sure. picture, right in the corner there, just noticing that. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, Cut Angela Bassett. You know... You know how she got those arms. You know she how? eats her legumes, and she does. <laughs> she works. She, she works out Monday, Tuesday. Uh, no dairy. Cardio Wednesday, Thursday. No sugar. Did she say no, no bread? No bread. Ezekiel no bread, no bread from the sprout. I don't do yoga. That's the best part. <laughs> I Why meditate. Would, Take Why that, the lotus. She and meditates. There's a, guys, there's a Tamagotchi. Oh yeah. Who did that? <laughs> Elijah. <laughs> Jack Hay with an Emmy. Kate Blanchett looking deeply tan. She is looking Ariana Grande ish. Is, is that Rita Ora dressed like a nun? Who is that? Who is who is here next to Ariana Grande? That is Rita Ora. <laughs> it's Rita Ora from her performance at the Vatican. Why do you say that? Like that's anything I would be familiar with. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Rita Ora on a wall of iconography, I'll say it. It's I a mean, little funny. I mean <laughs> Yeah, it is very much one of these things is not like the other. We have to make her welcome when she finally appears. Okay. No one on this placket has been on the show yet, but they will. Oh all right. and, a, and a few never will be, but that's fine. <laughs> also, I read that sounds like a threat. What? You say, and they will be. Well, Whitney Houston's next week. Oh, okay. All right. Catherine Deneuve <laughs> looking stunning, by the way. <laughs> y'all, we got a lot to talk about this week. Yes. Uh, first, uh, let's talk about dog walking. <laughs> God, do- good week for dog walking. <laughs> good week for dog walking. And I'm not talking about Pundit and Leo. <laughs> <laughs> or Beethoven second. <laughs> No, I'm talking about Cardi B and Terabithia Laren. They got into it. Technically, um, Tommy herself uh, is the first person who started it because since Cardi, you know, released a video talking about how Trump should end the shutdown because people need their fucking money. (laughs) um, Truly the first definitely iconic thing of 2019. I don't think we had anything else yet. Uh, we've recorded multiple episodes. Okay. Well, you are delusional and should be taken down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
since then, these blonde, thirsty conservatives mm. have all been tweeting at Cardi, trying to get her attention. Um, you know, like when they used to talk about how much they hate Beyonce, now they're like, if I can tweet at Cardi, I can be trending today. Right. And so, I don't know. She tweeted, but so Cardi's response, Tommy Tom Tom said whatever she said. And then all Cardi tweeted was, leave me alone, I will dog walk you. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so pithy and just perfect. Didn't need... It didn't explain what dog walking her meant. Also, the leave me alone, I really enjoyed. <laughs> Just because she was like, this. also she fully recognized, like, this bitch doesn't matter. And it's, it's a pest. Is a pest, yes. It's just like an annoying, she was just swatting her away via Twitter. I loved it. I loved that. Uh, then Tommy, Tommy, after starting this, then started to realize, when people started responding to her, oh, maybe this means that Cardi is going to beat me up. Because here's the thing. <laughs> Cardi's threats are not empty. Like, Cardi, if she sees you, she might, there is a solid chance she's going to kick your ass. Which is what, you could see her sort of, Tommy, Tom, is it Tommy or T- Tom? Tommy? It is yeah. Tommy. You it's could time see- after time. <laughs> um, just one word, the one E after. is silent. But it's almost like you could see the wheels turning, like via her Twitter responses, like, "Oh no, she'll like this bitch has current charges against her." Right. She the doesn't bitch care. references gang affiliations in her songs, like she is a rapper from the Bronx. <laughs> if I may quote her, she's really fucking serious, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, writing's on the wall. Uh, so then Tommy started getting scared because <laughs> uh, just like Mr. Echo. She didn't want that smoke. (laughs) Uh, She was like, while you're, you know, talking about attacking me and violence, you know, I'm just trying to have discourse. It's like, you didn't try to have discourse. You called her an idiot. Right. And then she came for you. Also, nobody wants to have discourse with you. Yeah, please. Literally nobody Nobody. but Charlemagne and Trevor Noah. (laughs) She is almost exactly um, Amanda Stenberg's best friend in The Hate You Give. The one who just like casually says racist things to her and then gets schooled at the end of the movie. (laughs) I also, you know, Cardi, Cardi, like many women of color who are like, especially like, you know, she's. I don't like using this word, but I'm going to say she's quote unquote urban. Like, you know, <laughs> contemporary. Yeah, too? like that's mm. what they mean. Um, but like, you know, she's from the Bronx. She speaks a certain way. She acts a certain way. And a lot of people think that that means someone is stupid. And she is like, she literally was once like Franklin Delano Roosevelt is my favorite president. Like, happy bitches can't name a president that's not Barack Obama. Okay. So she, <laughs> like, she has, she talks about like, st- like history was her favorite subject in school. Like, she knows what she's talking she about. She talked about the New Deal on the Instagram Live exactly. the other week. Like, like, she's actually read a book or two. So, I mean, I, I like too that she was just like, not even just clapping back at her in a funny way, but was also like, I do actually know generally what I'm talking about here. And again, what is what are Tommy's credentials again? Where did Cable she come access from? non-queen who ascended because she is loud. That is it. She did used to have that. Where did she come from again? Uh, Deep well, in the heart of you, you don't want to know. Other than Trevor when, Noah's desire. Well, when you feed a gremlin after midnight uh, or get it wet, um, that is how she appears. Ah. Uh, uh, she is uh, larinized. Yes, <laughs> um, her and Gun Girl. Like, they just popped right out oh, of Gizmo's hair. Girl. 
Uh, no, I just never in my life would start a fight with anybody who takes the two five train to the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. And has a big ass thigh tattoo. Yes, I, I will stick to you know <laughs> fighting with people who take the G. <laughs> anyway, we can talk about Cardi all day, but we literally have to talk about so much shit. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about dueling Firefest documentaries <laughs> and uh, the Oscar nominations. Lewis is over there unbuttoning his pants already. <laughs> I have stars in my eyes. I'm like every vivacious drug album emoji. We will also be joined by podcast guru, Jane Marie. Ooh, I'm very excited. Jane made oh. an incredible podcast this year called The Dream that blew my mind and made me hate Betsy DeVos even more, if that's possible. I was going to say, I mean, how, ma- how many floors can she fall through? Truly. And Betsy DeVos personally slapped you once. Oh, she did. She <laughs> did. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back. Literally just a few hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it live in my nightcap in Kerchief. Did well, you really get up and watch the watch it? Yeah, I've done it every year for the past five or six years now. Yeah. Why? I love nothing else. I have no answer. Okay. <laughs> we didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> to be clear, we're talking about the Oscar nomination <laughs> since we've just been uh, rambling. Yeah, sorry. Just a few hours ago, Kamal Nanjiani and Tracy Ellis Ross woke up even earlier than Lewis did to get makeup and um, camera ready for Oscar nominations. They announced them on, what was it, Oscar.com? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I watched the announcement on YouTube. ABC. I think it was officially on Good Morning America, yeah. But the Oscar nominations are here. They're here. And, woo. Didn't you feel like it would never happen? No, I know. How many awards were we going to watch before we actually got Yeah, I was like, One I cannot million. believe it took this long. I mean, I still don't even know if the show's going to happen. Who's hosting? Oh, right. I forgot oh, that's about right. that. It's like, it's like sock puppets now or something. <laughs> Ellen is still leaving voicemail for the Academy. <laughs> I'm surprised she did not storm that. Morning. Say, Where's Kevin Hart? <laughs> She's like, have you considered Portia? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's jump right into these nominations. Best original song. That's what you're starting with? We'll work our way up. Okay, oh, all right. okay. Gaga. Shallow is definitely going to win. I, yeah. You know, before when I was reading it, because the first one is All the Stars mm-hmm. yes. with Kendrick, and I was like, oh my God, Kendrick is going to win an Oscar. And then I got to Shallow, and I was like, oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> like, the obviously. Kendrick and SZA missed How out. would that have been? That would have been, like, incredible, though. He won the Pulitzer, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an Oscar. Yes. Pulitzer, Oscar, and he has Grammys. Right. I mean... Can we, Kendrick, can we create a new version of the EGOT where if you get like a Pulitzer? Right. Yeah, that should count as more than a Golden Globe, for example. He almost out Lin-Manuel Miranda, Lin-Manuel Miranda, which yeah. would have been pretty thrilling. Well, EGOT doesn't include Golden Globe. It's just the Grammy. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which That's one, what that which one would for. I get rid of? Most people don't admit to owning Golden Globes. That's After true. a while, you're like, oh, I didn't mean to win that. You know who d- got snubbed there? Dolly Parton for that movie I didn't watch. Dumpling. Dumpling. But Dumpling. she has been snubbed time and again by the damn Academy. She didn't win for nine to five. Guys, it's I upsetting. was, for, don't ask why, but I was watching the clip from when Three Six Mafia won the Grammy for oh, Hard sure. Out Here for a Pimp, and it was Dolly Parton, and then this woman, Kathleen Bird York, who I had just worked with, and then I saw, the, and then Three Six Mafia won, and the fact that it was just the three of them, <laughs> right. and like these two, like, 
older white women and then like three six mafia comes out it was even better than i remembered it i remember the next day they updated their website and it just had like an oscar on it (laughs) they they were so shocked that performance of hard out here for pimp was legendary it's i also i don't know if this is true but the rumor was that they were carrying around the oscar to get into clubs oh sure so they would just like flash it at bouncers to get in which is like the only time an oscar has been like actually useful just like the power that that has yeah the access that that has <laughs> the international implications that that has the profile that and they that won has. before martin scorsese and leonardo dicaprio <laughs> they, they were oscar winners <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Lady Gaga's going to win this. Yeah. 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 Which is nice because then she can lose Best Actress, which I need her to do this year. I I don't think she's going to win Best Actress. It's not going to happen. She is up against Olivia Colman mm-hmm. and Glenn Close. Who is really in Robin Wright shape right now. She is just looking primed and pointy and ready to win. <laughs> she, she Welcome to the parlor, so the spider to the fly. Right. She is <laughs> going to eat Lady Gaga alive. It feels like a WWE, like... Match. I feel like Olivia Coleman is actually just sort of like, you two take each other out. And oh, then yeah. She'll slide Ooh, up there. Yeah. How very Big Brother. Yeah. By the way, I watched that last night too, so I'm like, that'll bring. Uh, celebrity Big Brother. I mean, we'll be talking about that as it continues to air and, ru- sure. and ruin civilization. Uh, as the mooch tries to be Omarosa, which he is not. He sure isn't. Sorry, unless you can whisper secrets about the White House. <laughs> right. Also, that just seems so quaint now. Like Omarosa going on TV and whispering like, Trump is going to kill us all. <laughs> we know. The government isn't even open. <laughs> okay, back to this nonsense. Um, adapted screenplay. Yes. Kara, some of these are adapted from books. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Guys. Our books correspondent. And yet, and yet no one at the Oscars will have read the actual books that they're adapted from. Do you think Bill Street is going to take it? I I don't know. You know, I was actually very shocked at all of the nominations for The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I know. Wait, a lot. I've truly never heard of that. So it's The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me? What the fuck is that? If Bill Street Could Talk and A Star Is Born. Can You Ever Forgive Me? Fucking rules. It's a fantastic movie. Sorry, Melissa McCarthy, Mariel Heller, deserved... The one movie made for the, director. The one movie made by a woman that was like a, a rewarded with anything this year. Yeah, uh, but 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 not for directing because nope. we can't have that. Um, have yeah. you ever seen a woman direct before? It's so flimsy. You just I, it doesn't work. I mean, like Barbara Streisand directed Yentl just by but, I don't know like wailing things um, from the bathroom. Oh my god, but, they've gone on a tangent. Do you think? <laughs> do you think Beale Street might win since Barry Jenkins didn't get nominated for best director? Interesting. Which I was surprised. I was surprised by. I think it's a good adaptation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think. I think. I think of it more of as, as a directorial accomplishment than as a, a screenplay one. Yeah. yeah. Since I put him into a eternal rivalry with Damien Chazelle, um, Damien wasn't nominated for director for First Man at all. Like really nothing from yeah. that. Was <laughs> what did they get? Production design. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I'm fine. Also, um, I was somewhat happy with Claire Foy not getting nominated for First Man. She didn't need it. Nope. I mean, like, I love Claire Foy. She's, you know, superhuman, et cetera. She turned a radio dial. Right. No, and she and she's and her accent kind of veered into Temple Grandin territory on accident. Anyway. Uh, but 
uh, the woman who did get nominated in a surprise, Marina de Tavira from Roma instead. She slayed in that movie. That is such a good nomination. And by the way, the Oscars are usually good for one surprise acting nomination that has gone um, unrewarded elsewhere in the season. And this is that this year, like Leslie Manville and Phantom Thread last year. So I was very happy to see that. I mean, also, I was very shocked that Willem Dafoe was nominated. <laughs> also, it does feel, actor. doesn't that feel like a movie you would, it's called At Eternity's Gate about Vincent Van Gogh. Doesn't that look like something you'd see in Tropic Thunder? You know, <laughs> I also just like truly, other than Viggo Mortensen losing, I was just like, I don't care about any, I, it doesn't, makes no difference to me which of these people wins. Well, specifically with actors, like, why do we give men Oscars? It's just not that fun. It, I mean, just like Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, like, I don't care, Rami, I don't care. See, that's a weird thing, too. A lot of people were talking about the fact that, oh, we have political movies like Black Klansmen and Vice, which, you know, may upset real America. And I am finding it hard to believe that, um... Vice is one of those movies. I mean, I guess some people are like, oh, how dare you like go after Cheney and conservatives. Like Hollywood always does that. But on the flip side, it's not like we're really like fucking with Vice here. It's like you're going to continue to make these movies about these awful people in politics who are all awful white men. So we're going to keep getting movies and roles for white men in Hollywood. And it's political. But, you know, it's not like. Yeah. I'm sure we get a movie about the um, Obama administration. They won't even be in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What white people were part of the Obama administration we could make a movie about? (laughs) Also, speaking of awful white men, if your movie about a civil rights era story and if the white dude gets the lead actor nomination and the black dude gets the supporting actor nomination, you have a fucking problem <laughs> with your movie. They are co-leads, by the so, way. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so Mahershala got a supporting actor nomination and Vigo Morton Salt mm. got <laughs> a lead actor nomination, which is just like, that is a problem, people. That is a glaring, obvious problem. Do you know what kills me about Green Book's continued relevance to this discussion is that one it is not well reviewed like plenty of movies that i have disliked that have gotten oscar nominations for instance three billboards at least still got basically universal acclaim this is like among the least well-reviewed movies in the entire oscar readout this year and then also it's not a blockbuster i mean like it cost about 25 million dollars to make and made about 45 million i mean that's just not it with all these other things in the category Whereas bohemian rhapsody i could right. see yes because it made a shit ton of money so did a star is born and black panther right which made all of the money like you, those are like right okay which also are making the case for um popular film award very irrelevant now yeah no kidding like that can get nominated um i mean it feels like some invisible hand is guiding this green book i think i think green book is going to be crash 2019 when everyone was like what broke back fucking mountain (laughs) was the was like the seminal gay film of the 2000s yeah and just like it was ang lee being like i'm incredible it was just like every part of it was so beautiful and the acting the directing all of it and then fucking crash won best picture like, <laughs> right, I know. Um, <laughs> legendary spit sex. 
<laughs> it just, I feel like Green Book, and obviously, like, Green Book, it's not as, as much of the sort of David Gold. Like, there's not a movie that it's up against where you feel like, oh, my God, this was so clearly the best picture. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what the fuck is this? And it's also something that is so not going to age well. To in be- in no less than five years, you are gonna, people are going to look back at Green Book and be like, what the fuck was this? What was Mahershala thinking? What What, what is Octavia Spencer doing? I also uh. think, by the way, even its fans would say, at most, it's going for pleasant. I don't think it's going for like, you know, cinematic triumph. Yeah. So it's just, I don't really know how this is ascending. I just don't see good, it. feel good, you know? It's like, it's but like the color of friendship. But I'm just saying like- Oh, the color of friendship. Wow. A much better movie. A much better movie. Uh, to be fair, Kara, don't you have a personal vendetta against Green Book? I mean, it has book in the title and it is not a book. <laughs> False advertising. Well, it, it was a book. Well, that yes, is, the, the Negro Motorist yeah, book. Yeah, at one point it was a book. I know, it's going to confuse everyone. Yeah. Oh, that is true. You think people are showing up at Barnes & Noble like, I'm looking for, for the, the green, green book. And when it's not even green, they are pissed. <laughs> oh, God. I just, I mean, it's going to win something, right? Yes. I, I mean, I think Mahershal is going to win. Oh, who's he up against? Who's He's the up best against supporting actor? Richard E. Grant and Can You Ever Forgive Me? Uh, Adam Driver and Black Klansman. Oh, a snack. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, honest, I, would though, g- I would give this award to Adam Driver. He was so good in that movie. He was really good in that movie. I just think there's a bunch of good performances in that movie. It's just a lot of times with, uh, with movies that are acclaimed and there's not enough room to award everybody in the movie, we just settle on one, like Patricia Arquette in Boyhood. I wouldn't say she was the best person in that movie. I wouldn't even say he's the best person in this movie, but it's like, all right, I'm fine with it. Yeah. They call me Adam Driver's whore. Oh, God. God. (laughs) I always say, my favorite person in Black Klansman is the racist white lady who fucking freaks you the fuck out. She is wild. (laughs) That is a crazy Uh. performance. (laughs) Ashley Atkinson. Where's she at? Do you think Mahershala's going to get another Oscar? I know. Just out of, here we go again. And oh, by the way, it's going to suck that it's for God. It's going to not going to be a comfortable speech. No, yeah, it's not going to be. No. Octavia's like hiding. I yeah. will say, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't want it to win Best Picture, but I almost do because Mahershala and Octavia at the edge of the stage when it won the Golden Globe <laughs> and you could see just the looks on their faces, like trying to edge out of the wide shot, like hoping <laughs> that they'll just crop it down to those white men in the middle. They're just like. I would love to hear the conversations, the text thread between Mahershala and Octavia right now. Like, girl, right. we gotta, go. we do have to go to this, don't we? I guess we gotta go. <laughs> they're, they're texting each other like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, right. it is also just wild that Green Book didn't get nominated for director. Right. That actually makes me feel good. That makes I know. me think it's, it won't it's, win. It's, it's like, maybe it won't win. You know, like, they're just like, people were feeling good. When they are filling out their Oscar ballot. <laughs> also, again, by the way, it feels like people are talking less about Roma. When isn't this like the critical triumph of the year? Why does right. it feel like that's going away? You are know? you were you surprised that Ryan Coogler did not get a Best Actor nomination or Best Director nomination? Deaf Director, yeah. No, I I I always assumed that Black Panther was actually going to get one, but I think people still probably feel like I don't know, like he's in that Marvel machine. Like yeah. they didn't want to reward him for. Directing, but God, one. he's so much. I would say he did such a better job than say Adam McKay for Vice. I just oh, don't. Of course, you know, Adam yeah. McKay so. doesn't really need to be in there. Right. Also, this is Spike Lee's first I know. best director nomination ever. Wild, which is crazy. Wild. And Lewis, you have more of the historical perspective on this, but I feel like Malcolm X is one of the most historically underrated films 
like in at the Oscars like yeah. that like just ever like it's crazy that that movie I mean like Denzel Washington but like well also Confessions of a Shopaholic but you oh know, yes who, that who's, one who's quibbling <laughs> um, no and also it's I feel like uh, Spike Lee's first director nomination is like going understated because people are somehow upset that Bradley Cooper was snubbed in that category. It's like, <laughs> guys, he was nominated three times this year and didn't get one nomination in that category. He will be fine. Also, they've made that movie 18 times. Right. I mean, my God. Yeah. Um, was uh, Ben Affleck nominated for director? No, never. It's It's wild when the male actor tries to do the I'm transitioning to director, and sometimes it works. Robert like if you're Kevin, Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. you know, but this time it was like, mm-hmm. no, we're good. Right. <laughs> stick, to, <laughs> stick to the screen. <laughs> Jennifer Garner has something to do with that. <laughs> she launched a campaign. Who do you think is going to win Best Director? Uh, I, Alfa- I, think I think Alfonso. Yeah. Uh, I would give it to m- Yorgos. The Ooh. favorite is that bitch. That, I mean, like, there really is no movie like that where it's just three scheming women, all scheming in different ways, who all get to be funny in different ways. You got deadpan Rachel, you got snarky uh, uh, Emma, and you've got dotty Olivia Coleman. And by the way, if she won, I wouldn't be pissed, of yeah. course. I mean, but also, Spike Lee winning would be great, too, because I think that in the next few days um, and weeks as we go towards the ceremony, We'll see the team for Black Klansmen picking up the like. Yeah, this is a historic moment for Spike. Well, I for him. yeah, I thought this when Black Klansmen came out because one, I was like, they might give him an Oscar for this just be on some like Martin Scorsese. Like it's mm-hmm. been long enough. I thought Black Klansmen was good. I don't. It's not. Yes. It's certainly not one of the best films he's ever made. But it's and, iconic but it's good, compared to yeah. The, and it's past few years of films. Exactly. And it's like good enough. Like right. it's it's close enough to like an Oscar film where it seemed like they were like, okay, we can finally give him something. And it's got a sexy white lead in it. So they, <laughs> they love it. I hate to compare it to this in regards to what Kara was just saying. It's kind of like when they gave the screenplay win to Woody Allen for Midnight in Paris after it had been so many years since his yeah. last thing that everybody really cared about. You know, people love like rooting for somebody who it's been a while. And, yeah. You know. And if, if he starts actually campaigning, because, like, you know he wants that fucking... You know, oh, yeah. you know he wants it bad. Yeah. If he starts actually campaigning, it could be interesting. Original screenplay is also very interesting to me. I think it's probably just going to be Green Book. <laughs> but by the way, weren't you shocked <laughs> that 8th grade was snubbed there? I oh, thought yes. that was going to be a shoe-in. There, was a, there were a lot of stuff. 8th grade was snubbed. Honestly, Spider-Verse should have been nominated for Best Picture Ooh, as well. Yeah. It's, it's like I the agree. conversation about how good that movie is came on like 10 minutes too late or something. Because I, everybody agrees it's one of the 10 best movies of the year. It's wild. I think that, honestly, they probably didn't expect all that reaction to it. The mm. movie probably should have come out earlier. Definitely. Yeah. I just don't yeah. think they had time to mount a big campaign that for movie Spider-Verse. So it's I mean, I think it's the best Spider-Man movie they've ever ever made. Oh it is. Like, and there's the over the seven thousand Spider-Man movies. Yes. It's very shocking. Yes. I will say, even though it is the best Spider-Man movie that's been made, I don't appreciate people online erasing the fact that Homecoming is a very good movie and Spider-Man two is a very good movie. I too. love Spider-Man. There have been a lot of bad Spider-Man movies, but there have been two very amazing ones. You're not going to hear me want to erase Kiki Dunst ever, so don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, never arrest my Toro's queen. Yes. Um, what else do we care about? 
Let's see. Uh, Do you think what Regina else? King's going to win? Uh, yes. For supporting actress. It is interesting, though, because, well, so I she, think I would pick personally Rachel Weisz just because deadpan Wednesday Adams like women I'm always rooting for. But I am a little bit afraid there's a path for Amy Adams to win because mm. another situation, if she's on her sixth nomination, it becomes uncomfortable when people don't win after a certain amount of time and nobody dislikes Amy Adams. But so. also, I don't think anyone is thinking about her. No. But well, it's you also, know? I mean, if I had to rank the performances in that category, Amy would be fifth because she gets the least to do. Yeah. Do you want to know what I think is going to happen? She's going to hold the Oscars hostage? Yes. <laughs> and then after that, I think it's going to be the the Green Book makeup. It's going to be like, oh, we have, we're giving it to Green Book, so you have to give it to a black person Mm-mm. for like a movie that's actually good. Or like, I feel like it's, I feel like supporting actress is the one where they'll give it to like, black people or so they'll be like here you can have this one like as the rest of the as as whatever else you know wins anyway I think them. these Oscars are going to be wild also wait we have to point out that um, Yalitza Aparicio is the first indigenous woman to ever be nominated for best actress and also there was just a video of her online learning about the nomination girl I fucking cried she like screamed it was yeah. wild Ugh, I mean I love that also crazy that it is 2019 Again, that. and that fucking record is being set. But. By the way, I mean, if Tribune, she didn't win, Marlon Brando was going to send her to the Oscars anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia note that my friend Mark Blankenship pointed out Regina King, the second 227 cast member to be nominated for an Oscar because in Sounder, Richard Widmark, who's on the last season of 227, was nominated for supporting actor. <laughs> Take that, tell your gay kids, they'll love it. Sounder was a great movie. I love, you think I'm not, Cicely Tyson, bad. <laughs> no, she's great. How do we get Jack Awa? I don't think it's that hard. I asked her once, I was like, if you could play any role in history, what would you play? And she said, Leontine Price. I was like, you should make this happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm already worried about the Oscars. Yeah. I just I'm like, this feels <laughs> ominous. There's no one there's no one hosting. Like it's I don't know what's gonna happen. A ghost is hosting. Yeah. yeah. At least we'll have plenty of content to talk about all month. <laughs> 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 all right, when we're back. Did you know the Super Bowl's happening? Oh yeah. That way is in it. (laughs) Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see Footprints in the Sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? No? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like 
basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have it always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. (laughs) Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. So, after weeks of speculation, it was confirmed that Maroon 5 would be headlining the Super Bowl halftime show in Atlanta with Travis Scott and Big Boy (laughs) joining. Not Outkast. (laughs) Just Just Big 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 Boy. Boy. Uh, Andre was like, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This came on the heels of artists like Pink and Rihanna refusing to perform in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick. And in protest of the, uh, you know, the NFL and their racism. <laughs> oh, I think they seem nice. <laughs> I think Cardi also said she wouldn't perform. They just, they just want to watch Green Book, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. and, and the Cardi thing is especially relevant since she has that big song with Maroon Five. Of course, yeah, yeah. she would have, you know, done Girls Like You, and now I guess, I don't know. <laughs> She'll just continue being beloved, I guess. <laughs> Did Travis Scott and Maroon Five any songs together? Not as far as I know. Yeah. Like, no. Okay. Uh, he's he's just there. It's just a weird collection of people. Yeah. It Maroon is. Five, Travis Scott, Big Boy. Because the other thing is, since it's in Atlanta, um, a city that's the home of like an entire genre of music, um, there was this whole thing about like which Atlanta artist are they going to get? And since most of them are black, most of them. I assume said no, and then well, Nene, Nene Leakes' quote was too high, <laughs> right? And so then they and then they got Big Boy, which I mean, what was he doing? Yeah, you know, right. he was he was like, okay, sure. Yeah, I feel like Luda turned it down. It, yeah. it, it, it reminds me actually of the time Aerosmith did the Super Bowl halftime show with Christina. Nelly, 
Britney Spears, NSYNC. <laughs> Not Christina. Yes, right. Yes. Like, just this cloud car of everybody who was in the top 10 on TRL joining Aerosmith on stage. Yeah. To right. do Walk This Way. Oh, God. And you want to hear it from Britney, Walk This Way. <laughs> Definitely her genre. Of course. She had a sock on her hand because that was the style at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, to justify his acceptance of the performance, uh, Travis Scott. Not Big Boy, who's just decided, I ain't talking about shit. Right. Uh, he's, he's the um, Mahershala Ali <laughs> of the halftime show. Um, Travis Scott reportedly demanded that the NFL donate $500,000 to the Van Jones's nonprofit, <sighs> the Dream Corps. It, when I saw I saw the donation and I was like, I mean, okay. And then I saw that it was Van Jones's. I was like, I mean, like, listen, and it has a noble mission statement. But right. They want Van, to close prison doors and open opportunity for all. But like Van Jones is Loki a scammer. Yeah. Like <laughs> like that's who you the Boys and Girls Club could have used some money, sir. Right. <laughs> Van Jones doesn't need your money. <laughs> you took Nicki Minaj's slot on the billboard chart. She could have used the money. <laughs> oh, wow. Grim. So in a statement, um, Travis Scott said, I back anyone who takes a stand for what they believe in. I know being an artist that it's in my power to inspire. So before confirming the Super Bowl halftime performance, I made sure to partner with the NFL on this important donation. And then shortly after, Variety reported that Scott had spoken with Colin Kaepernick. No, this is confusing to me because it's not from his own mouth, right? I but know. they somehow confirm sources. This? Okay, yeah. Sources say that he got Kaepernick's approval, uh, and the source said while the two did not necessarily agree, they emerged from the conversation with mutual respect and understanding. So here is the what thing. does that mean? What does the phone call sound like? This entire Travis Scott and Colin Kaepernick debacle comes from an anonymous source <laughs> in a variety article, yeah, and then. Real team Kaepernick were like, oh, no, we're not having that shit. <laughs> His girlfriend His t- tweeted the um, the definition, the urban dictionary definition for sellout. <laughs> Which probably didn't even need to be redefined, yeah, yeah. you know. She said there is no mutual respect and there is no understanding for anyone working against Kaepernick, period. Hashtag stop lying. Also, <laughs> tell me more about... What is allegedly happening here? He's reaching out to Colin Kaepernick to be like, is it okay? I mean, like, right. What, what? Yeah. Like, what's that conversation? And then he would then go on social media and be and just say Colin said it was okay. Like, was he expecting Colin to go and be like, it's cool, everybody? Because it seems like they had already decided the donation thing before this supposed Colin Kaepernick conversation. So truly, it's not like, oh, out of that conversation, I, you know, we decided to donate the money. Yeah. Like, there's there's no version of that conversation where we would believe that anything productive came out of it. Right, yeah. It's basically Travis was like, I'm black, people are going to come at me, here's some damage control, Right. and either I'm not gonna be the one to say it or someone in my team is gonna say it. Um, Chris Jenner probably sent a tweet, I'm saying. a text to Variety, <laughs> and she was like, I got this, but you go and perform at that halftime show because um, Stormy and Kylie <laughs> will be right there on camera. Which is the other thing, because like you had, you know, like Meek Mill and Jay Z, you had all these rappers who were like were not performing at the Super Bowl. You had artists like Rihanna and Pink and whatever. 
And then you remember that Travis Scott just had a baby with Kylie Jenner, and you're like, of course that fucking fool is performing. Oh, like, wow. that was, yeah. like, it of, of all of the people you had to pick, because the family just trades in opportunistic bullshit, and, like, they don't care about anything that matters, and it was just about, like, their own fame and a payday. And so once, as soon I'm sorry, as I... she, Kim is freeing prisoners left oh, and right. Oh, right, you're right, <laughs> you're her, right. On her overground railroad. <laughs> <laughs> Straight like... to the cameras outside of Trump's house. As soon as I remembered that, I was like, of course Travis Scott is performing. <laughs> Travis Scott doesn't give a shit. Like, none of, no one in that family gives a shit about Colin Kaepernick. They don't. Yeah. And now we're about to find out if he has moves like Jagger. So, I mean, I, I have to say I'm underexcited about it. I hope he joins in on a Maroon 5 song, just like... Sunday morning? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's going to have to. Like, that's the... he's. They're going to have some moment together, right? But you know what? Or Maybe medley, not. Because, like, Missy Elliott yes. came out and just did, like, her thing yeah. while Katy Perry stood there and watched an artist perform. I <laughs> Here's the thing. I mean, not that I'm a Super Bowl watcher. Yes, that's right. That's exactly what happened. But, like, after that performance, Missy Elliott had three songs in the top ten on iTunes or something. Like, I almost missed the days when this would have been an exciting opportunity for somebody, but just now, it's just, there's no air in this event anymore. It's really sad. Also, like, Big Boy and Maroon 5, they don't need exciting opportunities. Like, yeah, they're right. fucking fine. As is Travis Scott. Right, right. I remembered that the Rams were up for the possibility of being in the Super Bowl when I walked into Trader Joe's and they had their little marketing section of game day foods. And I was like, huh, game day. What's all the chili for? Yeah. And then I remember, and then I heard my neighbor screening during the game, and I was like, "Oh, I guess LA is now in the fucking Super Bowl." It is like, in the amount of conversations I hear about sports in LA, which is already pretty limited, football feels to me about fourth. Like, just I, yeah, no I had, one talks about it here. I had no idea, but now it's the Rams versus Donald Trump's favorite team, the Patriots. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm not watching that shit anyway, so doesn't really matter much to me and now I don't last year I didn't last year was the first year I was actually like this shit with Colin Kaepernick is like fucked up and I didn't watch the Super Bowl but I did turn in to watch I watched Justin Timberlake partly because we were going to talk about it yes. and then I watched at the end when I saw that the Patriots were losing because fuck them yeah um, it's fun to feel good yeah so but this year there's I have no reason at, at, for at all to watch. I don't care about the halftime show. I mean, I would like the Patriots to lose, but I don't really care about the outcome of this game in a real way. And, and if LA does beat the Patriots, Trump's just going to tweet that millions of immigrants helped them win. <laughs> <laughs> it also feels like this is just doomed to be the first non-iconic Super Bowl performance. I, mean, I guess we could say that about Justin's too, but really, I mean, Beyonce, Madonna, even Prince. Katy Perry, the Prince. I mean, just yeah. like you really do remember these forever and go back and watch them because they're sing it's not like an award show performance it's a singular type of medley so it's just oop, lol fun while it lasted yeah well i mean good guys enjoy yeah. maroon five travis scott and big boy right <laughs> it's just like even yeah. saying those names together adam levine <laughs> like, is hot though yeah i kind of think okay. he was hot at his hottest like six years ago but and he makes fine music for when you're walking around Best Buy or whatever, but just as a live act, I'm a little concerned. I like him swiveling around on the voice in his uh, cardigans. You know what I want to know? The one black guy in Maroon 5 who I forget about every time. Who's like a Grammy nominee in his own Yeah, thing. who's yeah. like a I mean, I, I don't know anyone in Maroon 5 other than Adam Levine, so mm -hmm. it is not shade toward, I mean, you're all doing fine. I would love, <laughs> I'd love to know what he's thinking. I'd love yeah. to see his, his text chain to Marshall and Octavia, and the three of them are all like, Guys, we doing this? I'm like, you doing that shit? <laughs> exactly. You, you're thinking of like, and, cur curb your enthusiasm, closing credits, like yeah. zooming in on him during yeah. the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, whatever. Good luck to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Good luck to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Bye. Good <Yeah>. luck, Super <laughs> Bowl. <laughs> wow, five hundred thousand dollars. That's it. <laughs> I know. Y'all niggas got all the money. <laughs> All of the money. Not even around one million. <laughs> I mean, but listen, it's Van Jones, so I don't. I also don't care. True. Like but I don't. I don't care about any of this. You get five hundred thousand dollars for winning Big Brother. I mean, it's just not that great a bounty. A cash tip of five hundred thousand dollars. All right, when we're back, we'll be joined by podcast queen Jane Marie, and we'll talk about all the people who were hustled, scammed, bamboozled, hoodwinked and led astray by Fire Festival. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And we're back with, honestly, podcast queen, Jane Marie. I mean, you run Little Everywhere, Podcast Production House. You were on This American Life. Uh, Your dream... Keep it coming. DTR. What, what did you, you just won an award for DTR? Yes, iHeartMedia Award. I did. On the red carpet, you weirdly, the... they handed it to me. Then we went inside and no one was there. And I was like, why didn't you, Wait, what? they handed it to you on the red carpet? <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Okay, can I just shit talk a little bit? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that is what this show is. Thank you for introducing me. Um, and now I'm going to shit talk this award I just got. Uh, but anyway, it was like best branded podcast for this Tinder show that we did called DTR, which was great. It was great. Um, and so much fun. But yeah, we got there and they were treating me all weird and like not letting me inside. And first, in the beginning, I was like, oh, maybe they don't have my name on the list. Or I don't know what was. I didn't yeah. know what was happening. But I, apparently they were like trying to keep us outside because they wanted to hand us the award on the red carpet <laughs> because there were like three or four awards they didn't want to do on stage because they thought people weren't interested. But then we get inside and they give me nosebleed seats. And then <laughs> the first three awards, the people weren't there. Like, they had not right. RSVP'd, so I'm like, you could have just done this on stage. <laughs> so we left. Being but treated like a cast member of The Wife, just sit in the back of the theater. <laughs> for, for DTR, which I embarrassed myself for Jane Thank to you. be on, 
where I let her set me up on dates and then we it talked about it. It ended up being so much it fun. It ended up being fun. And we talked about our Andrew T, a friend mm-hmm. of this podcast who also went on dates, which was it was it's a good it's a good listen. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, we fixed people up for like the entire second season. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, some people are still together. Really? Yes. Oh my God, you're a real um, matchmaker. I'm really good at that. Yeah. When are you bringing the show back? Uh, well, that's the thing. So we got the award, and the guy who ha- thought of it at Tinder, like the, mar- the head of marketing at the time, now he's like on a different team. He was like, well, this might mean we have a season three. There so now I'm go. just waiting. Glamour. Thanks. I'll be yeah. on it. Please. Yes. Wow. Well, do you think that's how podcasts work? You just f- strong arm people into inviting you on air. Nice work. <laughs> that's how work. you got on this show, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> it did work. I said, "Yeah, you're booked." <laughs> you are here to talk to us about these Firefest documentaries. <laughs> yeah, the summer of the scammer that just never ends. Oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> look at these douchebags, volumes one and two. This was a classic streaming service showed out <laughs> yes. last week netflix was set to debut their uh documentary fire and then out of nowhere on monday hulu was like oh wait we have fire fraud yes and we're dropping that and so two documentaries yeah about uh, the fire festival i was like do i need to watch two documentaries about fire festival this fake festival from billy mcfarland that scammed a bunch of Influers to go to a island with no water and electricity. I remember electricity. when it happened, right? So this was like the Twitter <laughs> a year and a half ago yeah. or whatever when it went down on Twitter, and it was like the wet mattresses stacked up on some island in the Bahamas, <laughs> and then cheese sandwiches, and then everyone flipped out and left. Um, I have very strong opinions about these documentaries. Didn't think I needed them. I want more now. I would wa- I honestly I would watch a third fire documentary. I want American Crime Story. Fire, fire, fire festival. festival. Yes. I oh mean, my god, Ryan, Ryan, are you listening? I can't even get over they kind of didn't explain this in either one of them. Why Ja Rule was so taken with Billy McFarlane. They just he just was Why in. is anyone taken Andy? Yeah. Okay, 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 back in there. All right, let's yes. we're gonna talk yeah, about yeah. Andy in just a second. Yeah. But Hulu. The Hulu one is Fucking garbage, and oh my I will God, be I disagree. Holier. They paid McFarland. I, I know that is so unethical. And the gross. other one was produced by Jerry Media. Fine, yeah. <laughs> fine. That at t- least, <laughs> at least they didn't pay their sources. I that to me is just like a, a line you don't cross. Like I, I would never. And I am mad so about gross. it. However, I just feel like watching him squirm and lie on camera was I want to see him in jail but I also film him in jail he's in prison for six years you could got like a little bit of footage if you want to watch him squirm I know what you mean however I don't think I don't think (laughs) it's as easy to dismiss the Jerry Media involvement because maybe it's not as bad or whatever is the pain but them in the Hulu documentary they do a better job of showing Jerry Media's involvement so fuck Jerry which was like literally a fucking Instagram page that somehow became a media company by usually people, stealing other people's by material. stealing people's shit well now Just they're like making something hi bitches and, and <laughs> they're doing their jobs finally and they um, <laughs> true so Jerry Media did a lot of the marketing and like promotion for Fire Festival. There was sort of a whistleblower in the Hulu doc, and this dude was like, "We knew the whole fucking time that that this was, that this was a mess and like this wasn't going to happen." You don't get any of that in the Netflix one because Jerry Media produced it. Right. So I, th- I mean, like I, th- I just enjoyed the Hulu one more as a film, but I think the fact that Jerry Media was involved, the fact that they're interviewing Vice journalists and Vice produced the movie, it's like. Those things are relevant to like the sort of legitimacy of the Netflix documentary. Right, but it would also be like any 
a media outlet making their own thing. You know, like make, but, like, but, and, they, and, but they weren't employing. being paid by the subject, but they had made money off of the subject that's of the documentary. True. Yeah, that's true. So I think for me, in terms of them being both legitimate, I'm like, well, also, and when you're trying to expose a scammer, though, and then you hand him two hundred and fifty, what was it? Two hundred fifty thousand. It was one hundred and twenty-five or whatever yeah. they settled on. So, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, if that guy's a scammer, you don't hand him more money to talk on screen. Whatever. Yeah. Oh no, they the, interviewed the better reason, journalists in the Hulu one. They, they did. Because Gia they did. Gia was so good. <laughs> she came with the quotes. But she was cracking me the fuck up. She was up. so funny. But the Hulu one, I think, so the Netflix one, because they had all of the Jerry Media footage, did a better job of just you saw more shit that happened. Yeah. I think the Hulu one did a much better job of contextualizing why all of this happened, why it was popular, why Billy McFarland, what like the way that he ticked, I thought was much better explained in the Hulu, Hulu one. did have more backstory Hulu on was Billy for people and who Magnesis. hadn't heard yeah. of this, I yes. think. That was like I don't think so because I feel like I learned a lot in like the Magnesis shit. Like, did people know that when they knew about fire? No, I'm saying Hulu was for people who didn't know anything about this. Like, I felt like Hulu yeah. explained, like, the origin story yeah. and all that stuff much better than Netflix. Netflix was more for people who had, like, heard when it went down, like, what yeah. happened and then wanted to know. Okay, I am living for the anecdotes in the Netflix one. That's what I have to say. <laughs> the dick sucking oh. for water, I will... Unbelievable. It is the most beautiful... <laughs> what happened? Why can't... And is, are you friends with... Is, are any of us friends a, with him? I, we need I, millions of wait, dollars. I, I explain it. I want to buy him a drink at Revolver. <laughs> yeah. So Andy King, who worked for Billy, this older man... Who, Who's an event producer? Who, uh, he, uh, he is, is seemingly he? <laughs> enamored with Billy. Every time he talked about Billy, his eyes lit up. Um, and just quickly, before you get into the craziness of Andy King, can we just say that Billy himself reminds me of Scott Peterson from the Lacey Peters. Like, he's just a creepy person right off the fucking gate. And then, two, you shouldn't trust any CEO who is that interested in writing an ATV. I'm just sorry. He is like classically a D-bag. Anyway, get back to the amazing Andy King story. I mean, he looks like Johnny Bravo on meth. Yes. <laughs> like right. teeth just constantly no, chattering. Yes. The float was just gnarly. Anyway. Uh, anyway, um, Andy King at one point talks about how they could not get all of their Evian through customs. And so Billy tells him to take one for the team and go suck the custom director's dick. Literally. Literally to get the water released. So he goes home and takes he a shower and uses mouthwash. <laughs> mouthwash. The mouthwash is the best part because, you know, he wants it to be a nice blowjob. Right. <laughs> and then, like, his... I'm like, all of that for fucking Billy McFarlane <laughs> yeah. in the fire festival. Like, he was gonna do it. He's like, he I said, went into I the office dress. and he basically was like, let's go to the customs official. And the customs official was like, no. Well, they, uh, just give us the money. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> no, he was we, like, no, you don't have we to do want, this. <laughs> we want the money for the water, <laughs> not, not your blowjob. I mean, are we really that like shocked about this though? I suck dick for self-esteem. Like doing it for Evian <laughs> seems like a step up. For $120,000 worth of custom taxes. <laughs> My favorite quote too was oh, Jeepers, Billy. Like he said the <laughs> he word said Jeepers. Jeepers. Like just, that was the way he said. Then there was that other dude, once they got in the tents, that dude that was like, we wanted quiet near our tents. So we went and uh, tore down, like ripped holes in the tents next to us and peed all over the mattresses. This is an adult a year and a half later, bragging that they peed 
on mattresses. Like Woodstock like 99 no type madness. But just yes. no perspective at well, all. Like being like, we did the right thing that's by the, peeing on everyone else's beds. Speaking when it of was Woodstock, just, I love talking about? how one person was talking about, or maybe it was, it was Andy, Andy was talking, talking about how the fact that like, oh, you know, like there are all these fires and riots and like rapes at like Woodstock. So like they can't drag <laughs> us. No, he Woodstock was like, survived. Yep. Yep. The reputation you know, was great. I, I do. I also, I one of the things I think the Netflix documentary did well was it really made like the line between the victim like in the Hulu one I felt bad for all the people that worked for Billy because he had a whole other company that did not know what the fuck was happening right. like all the people the fire fest was meant to be a promotion for their app which was like the Uber for booking celebrities so you had all these people who did not know were not involved in any of this and got completely fucked but in the Netflix one it's really just like look at these douchebags like that dude you were talking about you don't feel bad for any of the quote unquote victims the way that they were presented at first which is the people who paid money for it yeah. you just leave it feeling like oh wow they fucked all of those black people in the Bahamas oh god yeah. that's I mean like that's the thing like you're watching these documentaries and for a while there's like a schadenfreude thrill and then like reality hits you and it's like oh wow people who were strong armed I'm sorry to use that word again into participating in this festival because literally everyone on this Bahamian island was had to participate because of how uh, aggressive the campaign was like this one woman who was like a, a caterer for people working on the fire festival, then spent fifty thousand dollars of her own money to get them any food at all because they were so unprepared. Yes, she exceeded, and she yes. has and since triumphed. Right. But it is so <laughs> it is so uncomfortable to watch like a person who otherwise was probably living a pretty okay life. And all of the worker, they had all of these day laborers who were just like working in the sun to build this bullshit and like truck in sand, and none of them got paid. Right. The story about how Andy talking about how he had he hid. From them. Oh yeah! Oh my truck. God! That was the other thing. So he and he escape? compared himself to Mother Teresa. Yeah. He was like, "Well, I can't be Mother Teresa here on this island and pay all of these people, <laughs> so I'm going to hide in the back of a car and escape." Like, what on earth? I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're Do not you, Mother Teresa. One thing I wonder about. So they also <laughs> interviewed a lot of the kind of they had hired all of these event like con- festival consultants, which was, I learned is a job that people have. Um, and all we of deal the, with those people all the time. By oh, the way, like in podcasting yeah. constantly. They're I mean, just yeah, like, they're yeah. just they're left and right. But those those guys I thought were interesting because there was a guy in the Hulu in the Netflix one who was the one that was like, uh, does anyone see? He was like, I asked them to cancel it. He could see this going the wrong. Instructor. The yoga instructor. But <laughs> right. there were they had so many of these people, it seemed like between the two docs who were not working for fire but involved. And I'm like, none of these people I'm like, what is what is their culpability in this? Because I was like, he, he did it seemed send like a bunch of emails saying cancel it now, cancel it yeah. now, cancel it now. Now you should cancel it. Yeah. Now, today is the day to cancel yeah. it. And then they were like, see it in yoga class. Yeah, they kept right, responding they with like sarcastic him. emails. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they fired him. Also, the guy who created the fire fraud Twitter account. Oh, yeah, he was like, funny. See, see, pr- he was funny, but also proud of the fact that he was, you know, trying to expose them through right. an anonymous Twitter account. How about you tip off? Anyone else? Well, yeah. <laughs> Why did you call law enforcement? <laughs> also, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. So he built this Twitter, which, by the way, looked so lame. He like, himself was... said, "I got three likes." Yes, and then <laughs> like he, and then followers. he commissioned a plane to take pictures of it or something. It's like, yes. what? no. Make these efforts legit. Like you again. <laughs> Call the FBI. Yes, what right. are you doing? It was very strange. Also, did re- I love how they kept talking about how um, the Netflix one was the one that revealed that they kept talking about being on Pablo Escobar's island, 
but they got kicked off that island. For saying that it was Pablo, Pablo Escobar. Escobar. Yeah. <laughs> and so they ended up on this other island. Like, what was the original island supposed to look like? The other thing is the original island had no electricity or something. Yeah. And then they're like, let's get Major Laser over here. Do you know how much electricity? Like, that would have fried the entire Bahamas. Right. You, know? you have no electricity <laughs> like- and you want to hire... Major laser. Yeah. All of the lasers. Also, I mean, Jaw Rule, who Let's what talk do you about what it. do what do you I mean that Let's you would have that that you would expect anything from Jaw Rule. The most annoying thing I found about Jaw Rule, and this is the smallest quibble, is that he gave the same goddamn toast. Oh my god, the toast. So many times. Like he had never learned any other way to toast anything. To fucking and, like and porn stuff. Yeah, and it's the most trite. Like like, he didn't come up with that. I've heard that before. It is trite. It is unoriginal. Why are you saying it like eight times? It's like sub kid rock lyrics. Yeah, was, uh, the problem is, if you Google Ja Rule, he has more hit records than any of us want to acknowledge. Oh, sure. No, I, like, I was like, oh, wait. Oh, I forgot. Ja Rule was like a. You know thing. what? He like, also I has more love. Is that album. He also has more time in Rikers Island than any of There's us. There's that. So, but I love that. I love that Jaw Rule since has been tweeting. I had no idea it was a scam. He's like, I didn't know. I'm a victim On too. On the film, he says it wasn't a fraud. It was a false promise or something like that. And he's like, it's just, it wasn't a fraud. They were just false promises. To all of those people like, who oh. had just, to the fire employees who were about to lose their jobs, he was like, nobody died. That was like, like that was one of his explanations. That was the triumph yeah. of the yeah. festival. And you don't By even way, know that, actually. You cannot <laughs> confirm that no one died. Yeah, it's not like the authorities have really figured this all no. out yet. By the way, it's interesting about that guy's comment about Woodstock because do you know what Woodstock had? The most legendary musical acts of all time. And it I was mean, free. It's, and right. it was basically free if you yeah. could walk there. This was like fifty thousand dollars a head. Yeah. Oh right, the insane amount of money people spent. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a villa? It's like what is happening? And, and then what he did, because it was clearly a pond scheme because then what he had to keep doing what billy had to keep doing was like making new revenue streams like okay the now scam you have about to, uh, creating wristbands and emailing people it was the email sounded more professional <laughs> in the hulu doc but in the netflix one where they actually sort of read it out loud it just like billy type so uh you might want to add some money <laughs> most uh, people are doing three thousand, uh, but that's if you don't want anything cool to happen yeah. or whatever. <laughs> well, Jane, that was a great segue because you have just produced a podcast called The Dream that's about multi level marketing. Yes. So did you recognize yes. the tactics <laughs> yes. with Billy McFarlane? It's exactly the same. I will say it's exactly the same. So you have people sign up for something with a certain amount of money in the beginning. And then obviously they're not going to get what you were selling. Like they're, whatever you promised them isn't happening. And so then these companies just go, well, oh, here's here's what you do give us more money (laughs) in this other form, like come to a seminar or so multi-level marketing is like uh, these companies that you are annoyed by on Facebook and Instagram where people are selling like garbage leggings or whatever. um, And then trying to get you to join the opportunity to also sell garbage banana leggings or whatever. Obviously they take your money in the beginning and say, you'll have great wealth and prosperity and freedom uh, of your schedule will be free. You'll be able to hang out with your kids more and blah, blah, blah. That doesn't happen. It's how and Avon then, got me. Right, right. And Ten then, years <laughs> out in Texas, just selling makeup. <laughs> and then when, and then when you're like, 
oh, you bring, um, I haven't actually made any money yet. They're like, well, then you need to come to the seminar. And it's only $1,000 <laughs> more than you've already put in. And then you go to the seminar. And at the seminar, they say, the problem is you haven't purchased enough of the stuff that you're supposed to be selling. And so then you buy more of the stuff. And then you're just like in this downward spiral, like all the people going to Firefest. Those people landed on that island. Like, knowing all of this, they took multiple planes to get to that point. And you're just watching them, like, go, like, sink themselves deeper and deeper, putting money on their wristbands for a cheese sandwich. See the people talk <laughs> about a cheese sandwich. It's Blink 182, like, canceling <laughs> and stuff, and being like, Oh, you know, it's fine. Like, we'll still get our... I'm like, what? No. I know. There's You'll nothing left. Also, when what? they get to the island, truly, the feeling that came <laughs> over me was the Jim Jones cult. Just like that that eerie feeling of, we are not supposed to be here. Something has gone the terribly wrong. The girl that starts crying. Yes. There's a girl who starts bursting into tears <laughs> oh. and is like, turn the bus around. <laughs> yeah, when being pulled into the... Um, I would have thought I was going to be murdered. Yeah. (laughs) And yet they are standing in a line. That was the moment for me when I'm watching them stand in that line for like the main house or whatever. And they're like, we don't even know what we're standing in line for. That is the same as these MLMs. That's the same. Like you're just standing in a line hoping something good happens. Like hoping Diplo walks up to you with like a (laughs) bottle of tequila or whatever. Um, Instead you get Billy McFarlane standing on a card table answering your questions. That was my favorite part. And then saying everyone find a bed. It's the extreme extreme (laughs) version of being at a party and hoping the person that you have a crush on is going to show up. And it is 2.30 2.30 a.m. Right. And you your paid, friends are like, it's time to go home. Except you, you paid $10,000 yeah, $10, to go to the party. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just love scams so much. I know. I mean, from the outside, yes. Uh, from the outside, yes. I mean, it's it's fun like loving a scammer and being like, oh my God, like this Billy McFarlane person is crazy if you read about it in the news. But then actually seeing the docs and the people that he hurt, you're like, scamming is not fun you well, know except and people... if you want to be president There's that. Well, yeah. it totally works I if mean, you want to be president I think the, the episode of the dream that was like most affecting for me was when they go to the um the Des- conference destination amazing yeah no no <laughs> but um no but it's when you really hear like these women who were selling this makeup and they're like i'm selling it because like i want my husband to get a good night's rest we should all stick to victimless scams people yeah. like name one uh, um <laughs> All those CDs I got for free from BMG Music. Oh, sure. <laughs> Sending a penny to Columbia House. Yeah, I think yeah. there were people working there. <laughs> I'll start a GoFundMe. <laughs> I do want to say, I think if people are going to watch both documentaries, watch the Netflix one first because it hypes the personality of Billy McFarlane for a long time. And then you actually get to like meet him in the Hulu one. And it pays off in that way as a psychological profile. By the way, the Hulu I would one agree with that. is actually only 30 minutes when you take out all of the clips that Hulu put into it. They're like, we have the rights to all these TV shows. So here are like funny clips to accent everything. 20 minutes of the documentary is Parks and Rec clips. Right. No, they they like (laughs) highlight the buffoonery using lots of clips and like Looney Tunes and shit. Yeah. Jane. Yes. I love you. I love you too. I'm so happy to be here. This woman rules. I love her. Jane is wonderful. (laughs) Go listen to The Dream. Mm -hmm. It's It's sad. It's sad, but it is like, I mean, for someone, I didn't, I didn't, I knew what like multi-level marketing was, but like the way that you get into it from all these angles, the way you realize that the fucking government like allows this shit to happen. It is crazy. If you love scams, 
It's you gotta go listen episodes, to the dreams. Yeah, uh, yes. deep dive into yeah. a, a I'm gonna humongous get, scam. Yeah, I'm gonna get be... tips on how to start um, keep it seminars um, across <laughs> the US. So, I have uh, them for you. Five thousand dollars, people. <laughs> people have actually called me since the show, being like, "So I have an idea for an MLM." Like there are people Ooh. listening to it that are just like, this sounds, this sounds really good. Can I run it by you? It's like the people anyway. who watch like Dateline and are like, mm, so that's how I can murder my wife <laughs> exactly. and get away with it. Just don't do that. Right. <laughs> well, the art of scamming should be called Omarosha. <laughs> can we install that in the dictionary? Omaroshamon. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Yes. Uh, well, we're back. Keep it. And we're back with our favorite segment of the episode. Still, it's still our favorite. It's still our favorite. Okay. I think it's the audience's favorite too. Yeah. They love Lewis going through hoops to talk about. To just say something nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a talent. Don't I will say my talent. there are times where Lewis, when he when he does it, I'm like, that was a good one. Like the <laughs> like the way that he'll sort of twist through this maze to get to just what he wants to talk about. A little labyrinth sure. is, to is, love is pretty impressive. The, the Gabby Douglas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Lewis, and tell us how you're going to say keep it to people who don't like Tallulah Bankhead. Here we go. Oh, I was going to mention Tallulah Bankhead earlier due to your cough that sounded like lung cancer. It's not, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, First of all, I have consumption. Okay. I yeah. just coughed into a handkerchief. There was blood. Guys, I'm going to die in three episodes. <laughs> oh, how very the beguiled. Um, my keep it is to... Okay, well, I have to do something Oscar-related. Oscars I'm obviously obsessed with. It's my brand, whatever. Gotta say keep it to something that was snubbed. Um, my keep it is to the Academy for not nominating Timothy Chalamet in Beautiful Boy. Okay, look, a lot of the internet has come down with Timmy Chalamet fever. I am one of these people. Look, if you're just going to be a wan, nice, straight boy who is apparently obsessed with Glenn Close, according to his Instagram, I'm going to do this thing where I um, fall in love with you. And in this year, he was in this movie, Beautiful Boy, which is kind of getting middling reviews. He is amazing in this movie. It's a, uh, about a, a drug addict kid and his dad who bas- who's basically trying to like save him. His mom is Maura Tierney, which is important to anybody with a soul. Love Maura Tierney. But Timmy Chalamet in this movie, there's something about him as an actor where his physicality, he just is so in it. He has such conviction and never looks like he is trying hard. It really like throws into sharp relief for me how infrequently that is he is so uncontrived and yet so compelling and so dramatic and we don't really have young actors like that who are breaking out in a big way so i'm always rooting for him and i'm sad he didn't get nominated especially because sam rockwell and vice was the surprise nomination in that category and his like adequate george w bush impression not exactly lighting me on fire we already gave him an award for playing a racist like does he need another <laughs> right exactly uh, and two in a row yeah two in a row um no i love timmy mm-hmm. and his little alexander mcqueen suit guys and... i didn't realize he was straight yeah yeah mm-hmm. i learned that 15 seconds ago when you said it. When, when you're a 23 year old man with Kate Blanchett cheekbones, it doesn't seem right. Yeah, and he in the harness, like the, the, I, listen. Right. I just didn't know. He said that he did didn't not know. know the hardest was uh, sex related. What? I know. We have, a, we have a picture of Adam Rippon right behind us, looking disapproving <laughs> as you say that. Well, we'll ask him if he ever comes on the show. No, I love Timmy, and I actually agree with you because when you were talking earlier about why do we care about men <laughs> winning on acting awards it reminds me of 
you know, back when we actually had good classes of male actors who were fun and surprising. Like, he is a talent sort of like, you know, a James Dean or like a Marlon Brando, like someone who just really is sort of dazzling at a young age and you want to watch them grow up into a bigger actor, uh, except now we're just nominating sort of the same people. Right, yeah. Still, it's like, oh, the old guard of like these older white actors and... What about new talent? Yeah. He's somebody who makes angst on the big screen seem very real. And again, that's just the kind of thing where actors tend to ham it up in that way or they want to seem important. And he never feels that way to me. So I'm hoping he gets another opportunity. Yeah. I hope he doesn't end up like a Leo. Right. Getting it at like 43 when he looks like Garfield. (laughs) (laughs) Just give him a plate of lasagna and go. (laughs) Kara, what is your keep it? My keep it is, I mean, essentially two idiots, but um, I'll be more specific. There's so, so many. Yeah. So is her name Karen? Yes, Mo- it is. Mother Pence. Um, there was a, a story about how she's teaching what I assume is shitty art to um, <laughs> homophobes at a homophobic school. So basically this school in D.C. that like has some sort of rule, I think it's under the guise of Christianity, but essentially just like doesn't allow gay people and and is shitty. And she's teaching art classes there. So first of all, who gives a fuck? Truly, who cares? Who cares about this woman? Not who the cares? other evil Christian school in the news this week. No, not, not the, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Not coming to Catholic. Right, some other one. <laughs> But so keep it to that, obviously. Um, But then also I saw there were tweets and I think some general sort of uh, conversations around this where they were like, you know, I don't agree with what she's doing. But like, I'm glad that the first the second lady is like working outside of the home. Who cares? No, no, no. No, that's stupid. No, she's going, she's like, she is a bigot. She's working with bigots. So you're glad that she's leaving her home to go work with bigots? She like, what are you talking about? First of all, your impression of me is hurtful. Second <laughs> of all, she already had a job running the Bates Motel, so I don't know why <laughs> she needed like, a second it one. Was, it's this way, though, that people will jump through hoops with this administration to, with especially, like, it's the way they do it with Ivanka, too, um, where they're trying to sort of, like, erase some of the stink off of all these people or like distance themselves from these awful men and it's like no I'm sorry like at this point you're fucking married to Mike Pence you own the shit that he's doing I don't care I don't care and that may be unfair but like that's the way it is and they're all owning this shit and like in when history will look back at them I think that they own all of this bullshit as much as their shitty husbands and so I don't think you get to say like oh she's off limits or she's doing something else and again she's doing something bad Right. By the way, it doesn't matter what convention for being second lady she's breaking if she's teaching at a homophobic fucking yeah, school. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. Um, teaching at it. a homophobic school while her husband is going on TV quoting Martin Luther King. Right. <laughs> Don't even. I like honestly could not even engage with MLK. Like I couldn't engage with that day just because it was the way that people have fucked up his legacy and twisted his words and what he meant and like the people that quote him it uh, like truly makes me ill white people sharing the only mlk quote they've seen from a bazooka joe rapper like and like the cia and the fbi who like actively they do were responsible. every year by they the do, way they always a tweet do that about mlk day and it's like it's honestly like they're mocking him like I, I, I truly i truly but like when the cia and the fbi do it it is them being like fuck you to to him to his legacy to black people because you're you don't mean that genuinely and you're just doing it because you fucking can and 
and you know that we know what it means. I was weirdly grateful on MLK Day to see actual clips of Martin Luther King talking as opposed to just the quotes, because you're right. Every time I see them, I'm like, do you know where you got this from? Or, you know, when I see particularly white people talking about it, it's just... Do we know the context of this and are you using it right, et cetera? So to watch video of him was refreshing because you really don't see that a lot. If Kevin Hart doesn't, they sure don't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. My keep it this week is to Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin was on CNN where fuckery just always happens. Uh, and he talked about the future of the Democratic Party because- he didn't just write West Wing. He apparently created an entire political movement. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why we're asking a screenwriter who wrote about politics <laughs> about the future of the Democratic Party. But anyway, he said, I really like the new crop of young people who were just elected to Congress. They now need to stop acting like young people, okay? It's time to do that now. <laughs> Oh, fine. Great. It's Thanks not about transgender bathrooms. That's a Republican talking point they're trying to distract you with. We haven't forgotten the economic anxiety of the working class, but we're going to be smart about this. We're not going to be mean about it. Him bringing up transgender bathrooms that way, it, where he's kind of congratulating himself for trying to see through Republican Party while actually putting down people who care about that issue is like really upsetting. Also, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, like those words don't even make sense. No, like stop being mean. He wants Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to stop clapping back at people on Twitter, basically. Right. He seems to be part of the litany of men who are obsessed with the attention that she is getting. Attention which they keep giving to her, by the way. Right. Um, It's it's like a chicken and egg thing. You can't be mad about the attention that Ocasio-Cortez is getting if you are part of the problem of people who won't shut up about her. Right. So she has to keep responding. And like, what do you mean? Like, do you mean her Instagram stories, which you've got all these old people copying now because they saw that it worked? So are you going to tell Elizabeth Warren to stop Instagramming story, her beer and her dog and whatever the fuck she's been doing? Also, it's clearly effective. Also, I'm sorry. These are like 30-year-old people. People need to remember, millennials are mostly adults now. Like, that's what you're... And you, it's the way that, like, people will talk about teenagers and be like, millennials. That is a different generation of people. Millennials are adults, most of them, are, like, over the age of 30. Yeah, I think they're up to, like, 38 Yeah, now. so yeah. you're... I mean, like, fine. They're younger than these fucking, like, knocking on death's door-ass motherfuckers we've got <laughs> in the Senate. But, like, they're not, like, children. Like, they're adult people and, like, are going to be around for much longer than you will be. Uh, literally the age of people who were integral in the civil rights movement you know, like right. young people have always been at right, the forefront right. of these things so what is the problem now martin luther now king wasn't fit you know what did you know they killed him before he got to up there in All age right. guys and frank wasn't journaling when she was 60 <laughs> here's my thing about aaron sorkin i've seen everything of his except the west wing so i've missed like oh. the essential oh. chapter of his so everything he did after that sort of feels like Facebook memes your aunt shared like it's like kind mm-hmm. of trite and overwrought and I don't mean to denigrate ants I love my aunts but that kind of like it's like out of touch well, I and did like arrogant. the email your aunt sent me about how Obama is going to kill us all through plants <laughs> <laughs> that began with FW 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 one of those emails yeah. uh, I will actually say a secondary keep it to the people unable to engage with calling Aaron Sorkin's opinion trash without um, going into that thing that I always hate the internet doing. The people being like, 
uh, well, he's been a trash writer anyway. Right. And it's like, West Wing was great. Um, no one a few would good say men not, yeah. was great. You know, like Air, Social a, Network was fucking he's great. He's not a bad writer. Yeah. He is a crazy person who has had a long history of drug issues, but he <laughs> is not a bad writer. Yes. You can talk about uh, Charlie Wilson's War, <laughs> Studio <laughs> 60 Jobs. on the Sunset Strip, yeah. Steve Jobs. Because um, the only thing you need to say is who gives a shit? what Aaron Sorkin thinks about anything happening right now. That is the extent to which you need to drag this man. And it's like, why is he on CNN? I don't know and I don't care. What's he saying on CNN? Who fucking cares? And Next he, tweet. And if he had a conscience, he would have stopped Kate Winslet from trying that Polish accent and Steve Jobs. <laughs> because, because sweetheart, it haunts me. He was also brought on because he's promoting his new Broadway play, oh, which is an adaptation oh. of To Kill a Mockingbird. What? Yeah. We're... Do you get to credit for writing? What? He adapted it. It's, it's I don't know. It's getting like okay reviews. Yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I Like, again, I, who cares? Truly, 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 who cares what Aaron Sorkin in the year 2019 thinks about politics? Right. Unless he can hook me up with his dealer from the 90s. This shit was probably good. <laughs> no, right. No Coconut LA was probably good in the 90s. <laughs> Anyway, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> That's our episode. And those Sally Jesse Raphael frames you, Scott. Pretty, pretty hot, too. <laughs> that was our episode. Thank you to Jane Marie for being here. And we'll see you next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois.